Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 42 of Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time joining the program, I just want to briefly share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. And my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories each week of people that have dedicated their lives to serving others and honoring God. Because what I know beyond the shadow of a doubt is when you do that, blessings will just naturally follow as a byproduct of that service. Because at the end of the day, all of us are called to be ministers in some way, shape, or form. Because we have all received gifts from God, special talents and capabilities that only we have in our unique blend of personality and the way that God has designed us. And so because of that, it is our responsibility and obligation that when we see a need, we have to fill that need to the best of our ability using our talents and abilities. Because serving is for everyone in all walks of life. And we've seen that demonstrated countless times over people in all walks of life, including military, business, faith, community, and family. And last week, if you missed it, we had on Mr. Joe Regan and Chaplain Karen Diefendorf. And these two people are individuals that not only served in the military, but then also continued their service through chaplaincy and their work in Reese Across America. And so if you did not have an opportunity to listen last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode 41. But for this week, let me share with you just a little bit about me as it's relevant to today's show. I retransitioned from the military about three and a half years ago. And when I did that, I had a really difficult time. I went through the standard army process and the classes that you're required to go through, but it didn't really give me a good idea of what to expect and how to transition well and how to look for that next job and all things of that nature. And I had a really good friend that was able to maybe help me through that a little bit more. Her name is Dr. Shantae Hall. And together with her father, Dr. Stephen Hall, they run a nonprofit called Centurion Military Alliance. And it is my great honor and privilege to have both of them on the show today. Dr. Shante Hall is the CEO of Centurion Military Alliance. She's also the founder of the American Heritage Group and the president of Victory Trade Alliance. Her father, Dr. Stephen Hall, is her partner in CMA. He's also a senior project advisor at the Department of State and previously was the executive director at the mayor's office in the city of Houston. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Dr. Shante Hall and Dr. Stephen Hall. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt. I love this land. God bless the US. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And today I'm joined by Dr. Shante Hall and Dr. Stephen Hall. 
So Shante and Stephen, thank you so very much for agreeing to take time out of your busy schedule on a Sunday and be on the program here with me today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Well, listen, the two of you have got such tremendous stories and I think a really good place to start, if it's okay with you, would be your family's military story, because I think that's a lot of where everything else has stemmed from. So, Shante, if you wouldn't mind telling our listening audience, you know, what is the genesis of your family story and, you know, what made you want to get into the military? A- absolutely. I don't I don't mind starting first. Uh my dad is with me today, and so dad did make me join the Air Force uh, to meet his recruiting goal. Um, but that's another story for another time. Uh, for as long as I can remember growing up in a, in a military environment and having every single person that I knew in my family serve themselves from my mom, my dad, my brothers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, I, I knew personally I wanted to serve. And, and I truly believe in service to our great nation, um, everything that we're afforded here in in our nation, it's it's imperative um, that we do have those who want to serve, that will serve. And I I believe that the generations serving and following in, you know, my parents' steps, them following in their parents' steps, uh, lends to a future generation of service. And so I believe that our stories need to be shared. I believe that our service is, is not only impactful to us personally, but again, to future generations. And that was at a very young age of 17, what wow. truly led me to want to serve. Um, and, and seeing those who may not have wanted to serve or didn't grow up in the same rich culture that I did, you know, living all over the world, traveling with, with my parents. Yeah. Uh, was another reason, was another reason why I wanted to serve, um, and seeing whether it was the kind of the small town um, mindset, not understanding there's there's a whole globe out there, a whole world that that needs service, and and sometimes we think that our service is especially in the era I served during a time of war was that it it was just that it it was war. When I I saw so much more than that, I saw love and compassion and and the missions that we were on and what we were able to do that further led me to want to stay in and reenlist. Wow. So Steven, I'm curious your story because Shantae led with that you had made her, maybe encouraged her to join the air force. So I don't know if that was out of, you know, a compulsion for service and you wanted her to fall in your footsteps or finances or maybe a combination of the above. And, you know, certainly I'm interested in why you joined as well. I think it speaks to our our family lineage. So, you know, I, kind of jokingly, every generation uh, from our family served um, e- either serving as a servant leader uh, or in, let's say, in a pastoral field or uh, in the military. So, yeah. I kind of jokingly say that we uh, we represent, uh, you know, generation over generation. Um, all the way back to probably the first time someone threw a rock at somebody else. You know, we were there to uh, defend those that couldn't defend themselves. So yes. that, that just carried on. Um, I, I think for us, it's more of, we have a sort of a family motto that's, you know, basically remember the past, honor tradition, and continue our legacy. And it's that's the intent. So for Shantae, I know we jokingly talk about recruiting and that sort of thing. And, but I think it's it's actually in our DNA. 
And I think the, the idea of servant leadership is just something we can, were born with and, and then it's conceptualized through our uh, examples of that, you know, um, generation for generation. And that, that's kind of um, the, the general makeup of the entire family. Um, all of us have served. As a matter of fact, at one point in time, the primary family, aside from uh, my wife, Shante's mom, she had actually uh, separated from the military so she could raise the children. Uh, but there was at one point in time, uh, myself and all three of our children were actually serving at the same time. Wow. And we were deploying, you know, all over the globe, doing different things in different capacities. And I just think that's uh, it's just you know, indicative of what our family is about, the core of what our family culture is about, being servant leaders. Wow, that is so special. You know, I recall uh, many years ago when I was deployed to Iraq, my brother was there at the same time. And when my father realized that the two of us were both in combat at the same time, he had a certain measure of pride and fear and concern all at the same time. And I can only imagine it was much the same for your family, but it sounds like very much a sense of pride that your family was out there on the front lines. And I love that motto you said, remember the past, honor tradition, and continue our legacy. I've never heard something so profound come from a family. I think that's I think that's who we are. Um, that's really what we're about. You know, we we try to embody that in our daily lives. You know, it's, it's, it looks great on a bumper sticker or a T-shirt, um, admittedly, but <clears throat> when you're living it, it can manifest in so many different ways. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you talk about being deployed, it's it's one thing I think for parents when your children are deployed. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to hold your breath for a lifetime. You yeah. Know, you, you're proud, but at the same time, there's, uh, there's uh, anxiety, you know, or, you know, that kind of, oh, what are they doing? You know, I can tell you regalia of stories, you know, through, uh, one of our family traditions, we were deploying all over the place. You know, keep the Christmas tree up until the, that particular year, until uh, everyone came home. And there were times that the tree was up in Easter. Um, so, you know, it was that thing, tradition like that is something that we live, um, you know, uh, daily. Wow, that is incredible. And so, Stephen, I, I wonder with all the things that you have done in the military and how it's impacted your family, what would you say is the greatest thing that the military taught you about servant leadership? Because clearly with your career, that's been the core of who you are and what you've led your family to do. But did you glean anything about servant leadership during your time in the military? I, I did. Um, I, and I think really, basically, it's, it's one thing to say it, it's another to live it. Uh, and so when I, you know, I, I talk about uh, in terms of embodying servant leadership, it's something that you, 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 know, you breathe life into, um, you know, beyond concept, right? It becomes yes. part of or uh, and then it extends beyond that because then there is life after the military. Military is just a chapter in the book of life. You know, hopefully, many more chapters after that. Um, but but it's actually the embodiment and living it out. Um, you know, not not being cliche uh, about it. <clears throat> and I think that's important. And sometimes uh, that that you know trying to be resilient and maintaining to that that ethos, if you will, can be a challenge. But it helps build our strength you know, resiliency and our capacity for greater things. That is great. Shantae, what would you say the military taught you about servant leadership? 
I, I think, you know, to echo my, my father's words that it, it's a day in and day out. It's our actions. It's, it's how we are treating others, whether we're at Walmart wearing the uniform, not uniform, you know, the local soccer team. It's, it's every moment, every step that we take of, of remembering what we stand for. Yes. And in 2022, we have to be self-aware and know that we're walking billboards for any brand that we represent. Yes. Whether that's taking off the hat and it's, it's me being a mother of two children, uh, how people see me treat my children. Um, you know, I, I'm a single mother. It, it's how are my words aligning with my actions? What are seeing, what are people seeing daily and how I'm treating others and how I'm continuing to stand strong so that I can uplift the next generation. And I think growing up in a military family, not only did my parents show me this in action, they didn't have to verbalize it. They lived it daily. They were always striving to make sure we were taken care of. And they still are to this day. And I think that's that's what kept me going, even in the military, whether I was deployed, not deployed, is that I'm standing for someone who can't stand for themselves. And, and I, I always pray and strive to make sure that I continue to do that. I love it. So something I think is really interesting and one of the things that I really appreciate about meeting the both of you years ago is Centurion Military Alliance. And so I'm not sure which one of you had the idea for it and how it got started, but I do remember that as I was in the process of transition and trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, so to speak, uh, there was a lot of really valuable insight and wisdom that both of you provided, and you've been providing that kind of counsel and assistance and leadership to hundreds, arguably thousands of people across the country. So, Shantae, if you don't mind, would you share a little bit about what CMA is and maybe the mission and vision of it? Absolutely. When Centurion Military Alliance started, and, and the concept, if you will, was in, in the backyard uh, in Texas. So, in our backyard, barbecuing, talking about the statistics, the numbers, seeing veterans under bridges. Uh, at the time, I was working for a, a female-only nonprofit, and and my message to my, my parents and, and my brothers at the time was. When do we change the narrative? Uh, when can I tell this individual to get up, yes. stand up, to remember who they were while they were wearing their uniform? Yeah. When can I empower? When can I strengthen? When can I tell them to go get their education? When can I tell them that finances, you know, is important um, and it, it may not have been what they were taught while serving, um, but how do we go from, from good to better? How are you so strong within the walls of a military installation then we fall apart on the outside, regardless of rank, regardless of tenure, regardless of, you know, fill in the blank. And my father at the time kind of looked at me and, and said, all right, is this one of the uh, millennial um, concepts? Uh, what are you trying to do here? And he said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And Texas was at the time giving millions for mental health and, and peer programs were started. Now, we wanted to ensure, you know, we, we don't want to reach someone when they're at the bottom. We want to reach you before you get to the bottom and empower you with statistics and applicable facts that pertain to you. And, and 
it's not a, you know, it's not a one-up. It's not an everybody. Um, transition is very personal. And, and so we wanted to create a curriculum based on statistics and facts, global statistics and facts in regards education, finance, and vocation. And I'll let Dad take it from here. Thanks for that. So, you know, she, she, she nailed it. You know, the thing for us, Paul, was in the having, we, you know, we had several of those conversations, you know, those, those, uh, you know, what do you call them? Kitchen, kitchen table topics about what are we doing about, you know, as opposed to just talking about it or something that's to be done. And Shante is the, is the last mother, you know, the spirit of Centurion Military Alliance. Um, you, you know, to what Shante was saying, you know, we, we, CMA actually embraced it sort of the warrior ethos, right? And at one point in time, our, when we first started, our, our, our motto basically was awaken the warrior as if, as if our brothers and sisters had gone to sleep somewhere during their transitional arc, uh, whether they had been in for four years or 34 years, whatever the case may be. Yeah. We all kind of tapped into the fact that even though we've taken off our uniforms, that we didn't assure brothers and sisters. Uh, regardless of rank. Um, and, you know, what we do know is that tradition doesn't discriminate, doesn't care what rank you are, it doesn't care what your situation is, doesn't care about a great deal of things. And as a result of that, you know, we, we speak to, you know, all grades, enlisted and officer, you know, we kind of help them, um, again, waken, waken the warrior within and, and remember who you, who you were at some point in time if you lost sight of that. Uh, and I think that's important. Uh, you know, we we try to address it in a holistic way that builds upon you know uh, the capacity of you know holistic health, well-being, and resiliency, and a foundation. That foundation what CMA tries to do, but we're tethered to a, a deep you know belief of faith uh, is what helps drive that. And so we're ever mindful of top and trying to make sure that we are acknowledging that in what we do day to day. You know, and it's interesting that we, we, you know, people will claim to be a servant leader or they'll try to help, but we all know that it takes a season that, you know, if you claim to be an apple tree or, you know, uh, an orange tree, whatever the case may be, it takes a season to produce fruit. That's right. So we, we know it's important to stay with that uh, because, it, you know, it's the toil, you know, it's the, it's the effort, it's the work it puts into what you end up producing uh, at the end. I love it. It, producing fruit, you could not have said that better. And I've heard that preached so many times and it is so incredibly important that the fruit of your labor is what people really see. And, you know, that's quite frankly, one of the things that we're measured against, you know, at the end of time. So I love it. And it's time for a commercial break. But when we come back from the break, we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Shante Hall and Dr. Stephen Hall. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I worship you. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. 
I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and today I'm joined by Dr. Shantae Hall and Dr. Stephen Hall. So Shantae and Stephen, well, first of all, thank you for what an incredible conversation the first half was and all that you've done to help our military community through CMA and your leadership and your family's legacy. Really incredible thoughts that you've had so far. And with all the things that you said, one of the things that really jumped out at me is I, I wonder as, as you reflect back on the time that you have run CMA and the two of you have been doing this together for quite some time, is there a particular period of time where you really feel like God showed up? Maybe was the hardest thing that you've ever had to do and God was there and helped you through there, maybe give you the right words, or maybe was the greatest blessing you've seen. Is there a time that you really felt like, wow, I can't believe that we get to do this together and God really showed up today when we needed him? Yeah, absolutely, Paul, and, and thank you for that question. I, I think one of the eye-opening moments, um, and, it, and it was just instrumental for, for Centurion Military Alliance, was we got a random out-of-the-blue call in, in 2013 from an individual who said, hey, I went to SAMC to one of my medical appointments, um, and she was a civilian, uh, elderly woman and said, I heard about you. I believe in an education and empowering, and I want to be able to donate to Centurion Military Alliance. And she was a frackineer, um, small little town, oil business, and, and wanted to donate and support. Um, and at that point, she wrote us a six-figure check. Wow. And CMA had no funding at the time. We had absolutely nothing. Um, we were doing everything from the, the kindness of our heart, getting donations here and there. Yeah. And and we wrote that check, which allowed my father and I to really continue with the research. Um, and, and today we're, we're proud, we're honored that the Department of Defense recognizes Centurion Military Alliance as a force multiplier for our transition assistance program. What we teach, um, the assessment that has been done um, by University of the Incarnate Word, you know, both of us having our doctorates in, in regard to the veteran population and in the curriculum that we instruct, again, was all from that, that first moment. Um, and, and lastly, I, I have to say, my mother has always been um, the force behind us, pushing us, saying, no, you keep going, even when you feel that, like like you're it. Um, and I think there have been many times where I've, I've felt like David <laughs> and Goliath going against the giant. Yeah. Um, because we are, and, and, and it's sad that, that there are those out there that feel that we threat. Um, or it's another nonprofit coming into their space to get funding when we're truly trying to um, instruct our, our life's work, you know, and you know this, you don't get a doctorate if you don't care about the population right. and ensuring that there are statistics and facts and, and you're backing up with, with data yeah. for individuals. This isn't our opinion. It's not a social media post. Um, these are these are statistics and facts. It's no different when you join the military your recruiter, you know, some say their recruiters lie to them, but there are only so many jobs in the military and, and here they are. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephen, what would you say? Is there a time from your perspective in running this organization with Shantae that God really showed up or maybe you saw a blessing? 
Uh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, piggybacking off of that story, um, you know, what Shante uh, didn't say was, uh, you know, being humble is, you know, she had cashed in everything, 401ks, wow. any savings she had. And so when she says there was literally nothing in in the account, that's the truth. There was nothing in the account. Wow. And, you know, she was, she was in prayer, you know, say, is this something we should do? Perhaps this isn't, you know, what was, maybe we thought more of it than, than you know, than what's the actual, how can you deliver on mm-hmm. type, type of thing? It's yeah. a leaning on faith and prayer. And I think that's important because, you know, the investment there in and of itself is, if you notice the name Centurion Military Alliance, the whole idea behind the development of that idea was uh, kind of, uh, was basically spawned, if you will, off the idea of the Centurion's interaction with Jesus. Mm. You know, that when I say, you know, go, you go. When I say come, you come. You know, as I direct, you know, you shall do. And so we, we, trying to invite that wanted to have a cast of, if you will, um, an army, if you will, of support, like-minded support. What we're proud of is that in those moments of prayer and, and having that being delivered um, is important because we've never changed our charter, uh, which, is, which is important to understand. You know, there are nonprofits that exist solely for, and not, you know, not to d- disparage any other nonprofit out there trying to do good work, but there's some that kind of fall to, you know, uh, these niche industries or boutique industries where, where they'll change their charter to chase a grant right, or some other type of funding mechanism. Yeah. And we, we, we're proud to say we've never changed it. You know, we, we struck that chord and, and prayed uh, on it, you know, uh, for quite a while before the launch, if you will. We were actually functioning long before we got the nonprofit status, um, you know, the official nonprofit status. So, it's, it's important, you know, to kind of say, I guess, basically daily we lean on that type of guidance. There's been a number of times we've come to the, you know, uh, that point where, you know, you either you're being called to act or you're being called to stand still. And being able to discern and know the difference between that sometimes very challenging when you're in the fog of it all. Well, um, I, and so, you know, we've, we've leaned on that so many times and, it's, he, and he's come through for us every single time. I love your story so much because it really emphasizes the point that if God calls you to do something, he will equip you to do it. And it is so telling of your family's legacy and just who you are, that you went all in, you gave everything that you had. And then it was just a time of prayer and fasting and really just leaning on God to provide the rest. And he did, and he was faithful. So I love that story. And thank you so much for sharing that. But I, I wonder, looking at your backgrounds of the other things that the two of you are involved with, and so many other areas where the two of you serve, to include the State Department, and Chante, you've got Victory Trades Alliance, and the Airman Heritage Group, so many other areas where you're interacting with others. And I, I've got to believe, based on everything that the two of you have said so far, that that idea of servant leadership isn't just limited to CMA. So I wonder, how are you able to model servant leadership to people in these other organizations where you and your father serve? And what does that look like? What's the response that you get from people as you try to live like Jesus did? 
Yeah, I I think to go back to, you know, being faithful, staying prayerful, uh, making sure that that we're tithing a a long time ago. And and again, I I have to make sure that I share this. When Centurion Military Alliance first started, my mother said, hey, you'll make sure that you're tithing 10 percent. And and we kind of chuckled because we're all givers in this family, Um, sometimes to the point of, all right, we need to scale back a little bit um, and kind of come to able as a group and discuss this. Yep. And she said, you'll find a way to give. And I said, mom, we're a nonprofit. We are giving. And she said, Shantae Nicole, you'll find a way. And um, so we've always made sure we we give 10% of, of everything that comes in from CMA. And, and we found a way to do that at, at, during the holidays at Christmas time, um, where we're able to bless a few families in transition. And it, it, it I think it really... Um, it's the hearts and minds that keeps us going throughout the year. And yeah. it helps kickstart the January. Um, just knowing that we were able to provide smiles um, and just some love and joy during the holidays. I love now, it. with that, as we face COVID, it's, it's, you know, there's been multiple milestones um, in my life, um, personally, professionally, you know, again, as a single mother of making decisions that would benefit my family and ensure that my children could stand. Um, my mother took the role on early to homeschool my children. And so when people look at me, I have the appearance of she does so much. Um, it's because I come with a, a support structure that won't be broken. And, and it's, again, because it's founded on having faith in God first, family second. And it, it's keeping those principles of faith, hope, and love. So with that, during COVID, um, nonprofits weren't fully funded, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, we kept going. You know, we, we, we were actually the first nonprofit to launch virtually, thanks to Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union. And I had employers coming to me. I'll, I'll never forget a call from Microsoft, um, one of my dear brothers, um, Danny Chung, saying, hey, you're going to still allow us on. You're going to still continue, even though we can't financially support uh, and I, I said, absolutely. Why would we negate an opportunity for a service member, especially during this time? Yeah. And I share that um, because that's what led to myself taking on a position with the Department of State for Medical Services for a year. Uh, it was a hard decision. It was I got out of the military at 15 years um, to be a, a mother. I did not want to deploy and leave my children. And so when I found myself at the crossroads again of having to make a decision to leave, to take on a role, um, to financially provide, it, it was hard, um, but, I, but I took it and, and I was supported. My, my mother said, we've got this, go. And, and so I, I share that because I think that family impact is so important and it's a missing component of society where oftentimes we, we want to maybe brag about we can do it ourselves. Yeah. And, and then of we, we don't get to where we are because of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so during that time with, with a contract with the department of state, uh, managing 136 people, three different clinics, I, I was able to uh, learn even more. Uh, and, and I believe in lifelong learning. Uh, I did finish doctorate during that time. And I think the life lessons further impact the mission a Centurion Military Alliance. And so even though sometimes I may not understand why the nonprofit can't fully be funded, God is showing me you needed to learn this lesson. And, and what I can proudly say is that I've, I've held, whether a GS-15 to 
uh, you know, being a waitress to I, I, I've held every role and title. And those jobs have allowed me to remain humble, to stay impactful, to stay relevant, and to continue to provide statistics and facts that are applicable to an individual. Um, speaking of Victory Trades Alliance, the impact of the trades, essential personnel, we all saw it during COVID. The trades are, are needed. We need hard workers out there. Uh, and I think that's the servant leadership mentality of reminding service members it may not be the job that you wanted, but did we not on the fly during our military service change our roles overnight, change our roles hourly? And when the world calls you, we as servant leaders, we must stand up and accept those roles that we may not have wanted to accept, but it, it's our continued service to society. And, and that's the impact. Our service doesn't stop when we shed the uniform. It continues by what we do for our local communities. That is great. So, Stephen, we've got about a minute and a half left. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you're able to model servant leadership with all the different roles you've had, including you've worked at the mayor's office and many other things. So what, what's your perspective, sir? I think, uh, thank you for that, Paul. I think, uh, you know, as Tay touched on a lot of that is uh, regardless of the roles we played when I worked at the city of Houston for the mayor, um, you know, it, it, not, perhaps a lot of people don't, don't know, but <clears throat> Houston is earmarked for different demographics, but having the second largest veteran population in the United States, uh, bar not 300,000 plus veterans uh, live in that uh, live in that community of the greater Houston area. Um, so developing programs uh, to meet that population, but not just that, the extended population, what we call the military affiliated community mm -hmm. of dependents and, um, you know, uh, the stakeholders and all of that. It's important to be mindful uh, that whatever job you're given or whatever job you know comes upon you is to do it to the best of your ability. Um, you know, the book we read out of every day has all the life lessons that you need. And whether it's working at the State Department, um, whether it's working at the mayor's office, whether it's working in the Arizona or California or Texas college systems, all of which I've played. Apart, I'd like to think important roles. Um, you know, whether you're chief cook and bottle washer or you're the CEO, yep. it's important to do uh, and understand to do it the best you can. The last thing I will say is that you know we look we look in terms in the world of quantifiable and being statistics, and basically the whole thrust of uh, our energy is to say, yeah, well, you are a statistic, but the things you do help determine which column you're in. Wow. That is powerful. And I'll close that. Is that under a minute, Paul? It, it is. That was great. So listen, we are just about at time, but it has been such an honor and a privilege and so enjoyable to have the two of you on the program here today. And I am so thankful that you took the time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on here today. Thank you very much. And thank you, Paul, for, for providing us this opportunity to speak today. Absolutely. Thank you. We truly appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Listen, when we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guests. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's think about what we've heard from today's incredible guest. They had so many impactful statements. I just want to highlight for us just a few of them to remind you of really how each one of us can serve in so many different ways because Shantae and Stephen, they model servant leadership in a great way. So let's start off with this idea that Stephen talked about. Remember the past, honor tradition, and continue our legacy. Now, if that's not serving your family, I don't know what is, but that extends into being able to serve in your community and how they're serving in the military and a hundred other ways. But it starts with what is he doing as a husband, as a father, as a man to lead his family? And then because of his leadership, Shantae picked up that mantle. And I guarantee that Shantae's kids are going to pick up that mantle. It is a family legacy of service. I love it. And how many of us are doing that within our own families? I would encourage you and challenge you today to think about that. How can each one of us really hold that mantle of leadership like Dr. Stephen Hall and encourage and lead our families to do the same. But then they had several other things to say that were so impactful. This idea of you have to live servant leadership and not just say it. And you want to breathe life into it and extend that to all areas of your life, doing it day in and day out. Because servant leadership is not just about words and it's not just about a book or a podcast or something like that. It is how you treat other people. That is the proof in the pudding. And I love what Shantae said, this idea of being walking billboards and standing up for people that can't stand for themselves. Wow. So she has been able to use that in serving the military community. But you heard her talk about it's not just CMA. She has been able to use that in the State Department, in Victory Trades Alliance, the Airman Heritage Group. It affects every area of her life to include how she raises her kids. Her kids are not old enough to stand on their own yet. So she stands for them. She stands in the gap and makes decisions that honor her family. So she's able to provide and care for her family. It's incredible. Something else I really think is important, particularly in the area of serving in business. You heard Dr. Stephen Hall talk about this idea. If we're going to do it, if we're going to launch this thing, Century Military Alliance, that they talked about during a backyard barbecue, he said, we're going to do it right. And how many of us have these great ideas and, you know, this is a new year and many of us make new year resolutions and new goals, but how many of us really have that commitment that if we're going to do this thing, whatever it is, that we're going to do it right. I would encourage you that part of servant leadership really is doing it right. How are you modeling being a good leader with your organization, with your idea, whatever the new thing is that you're going to do in this new year. And I thought it was so telling. The two of them went all in. They were completely committed to launching this endeavor of Century Military Alliance because it's what God called them to do. 
And just like I have said time and time again, when you are honoring God and you are living out servant leadership to the best of your ability, he will honor that and bless you. And Shantae said that she and her father, the organization, got a six-figure donation. Now, if that's not a miracle and God's hand of blessing being on a situation, I don't know what is. And it is a true testament to the leadership of both of them. And I also think that it's really telling how the two of them continue to serve in their finances. They're faithful in their finances. Shantae mentioned the term of tithing, which in Christian circles means that you're giving 10% of all that you bring in, all that you bring in, not the net, not what you have left over, not your discretionary spending, all that you bring in, and you're giving it away. Now, maybe it's to the local church, maybe it's to a charity, whatever it is, but you're giving it away because that money does not belong to you. We believe as Christians that all of our resources are given to us by God. And so by default, they belong to him. And he's allowing us to keep 90%. But he asks us in his word to give him the first tenth. And so you heard Shantae talk about what they do is they provide a Christmas blessing to people that they've interacted with and engaged with in CMA and bring smiles and joy to a family at Christmas. Now, if that's not serving people, again, I don't know what is because this family truly models servant leadership. And really the last thing, I, when we talk about serving your family, what a great example of serving your family when Shantae said, hey, listen, um, mom, dad, I, I really feel led, compelled to go and take this position in the State Department. I think it might be a great opportunity, it could be a great way to provide for my kids. And her mom said, hey, go do it. You focus on the mission that God has given you, and we've got your back. Shantae said that she has an incredible support structure, and because of that, she's able to do the things that God has called her to do. So I wonder how many of us are able to do that, are willing to do that. If your wife, your son, your daughter, whatever it is, if they have a call of God on their life, are you willing to do what it takes to support them in that, even if it means a bit of a sacrifice on your part? What incredible leaders, and I'm so thankful that Dr. Shantae and Dr. Stephen Hall were guests on the program today. Now listen, each week I talk to you about this idea when you put good into universe, good comes back to you, and this past week was no different. I recently had an opportunity to speak to a group of young students, one of my previous students at Drexel University. Uh, he invited me to speak to his business club at Drexel, and I was honored to do that. And so what a rich experience that was speaking to these young people. And they were asking me various questions about my life and serving leadership and how to engage others and very much the same type of conversation as I had here with Stephen and Shantae here today. But it was a real blessing to be able to engage that way with young college students and be able to impart a bit of wisdom with them. And so not only was it a blessing to be with Jomo and uh, his students, excuse me, his uh, peers um, in that particular setting, but because he did such a good job and he was really a good student when I had him in class, uh, next week I will have 
Jomo Davis and one of his friends and uh, fellow students, Charles Ross, be guests on the program next week. So Jomo is a trading analyst intern at Group One. He's also a Remax real estate agent, and he's the host and expediter for the Metropolitan American Diner and Bar. Charles Ross is a finance analyst co-op at Lockheed Martin. He's also a property manager at All-in-One, and he previously served as a host and expediter at Mosquito Grill. Really excited to hear what these young people have to say next week about how they are able to serve others in their particular roles. Now listen, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, just always remember to ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. I know the Promise.